Usually we start off at the beginning of the Parsha, we go through the order, we go through the order of the Parsha, which would mean like the Parsha Shkolem, or the Mashichas uh, Kalim, and the, and the, the Binyan Beis Hamikdash, but today we'll start with, in the middle of the Parsha with the Shabbos, and we'll see where we're holding, we'll, we'll see if we can come back. The, the Malbum points out that when it talks about Shabbos in this week's Parsha, it says, Sheishas Yomim Yeyasem Alocha. That the, and if you look in Parshas Yisrael, when, it, when the, the mitzvah of Shabbos was given, it says, Sheishas Yomim Tavay. So, Yeyasem seems to be that the Malocha will be done for you. Sheishas Yomim Tavay means that you will have to do the Malocha. So, the Malbum brings down the Gemara. The Gemara in Brocha says that in one place it says, Vosafta Diganecha that sometimes you have to work, and the Gemara explains the chilek between so if a person is doing the then the malacha is done for other people, you won't have to work, other people will take care of your malacha for you. But if the Klaisol is not doing return then then So there's two in Yonam of Shabbos, I think what the Malvim is saying is, there's two in Yonam of Shabbos, we have a Shabbos which comes after a malach and there's a Shabbos that comes after a malach which means, I think what he's saying is as follows, that we know that Chavit Chaim says that when we start the, uh, the Zmiris on Shabbos, it says, Kol Eloi, Kol Shabbos Kados that there's a form of Shabbos which is not to do malacha. Every day I go to work, today I'm not going to work. That's Kados Mechaloi. But then there's a form of Shabbos of kol mekadeh shuvi karoyle. There's another aspect of Shabbos, which is that you go ahead and you mekadesh the Shabbos. So kol mekadeh shuvi karoyle. There's a form of kiddush, and then there's mekadeh shuvi karoyle. V'chol shemesh Shabbos kados mechaloi. There's two levels of Shabbos, and that's why the the the, the zimra continues, and it says charei harbei moed al pifaloi. Each Shabbos that you get out of each Shabbos, what each person will get out of each Shabbos is according to how how much he puts in. So the Malvon continues and he says, if you look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, that the Malacha will be done for you. When is that Malacha being done for you? We're talking about that. And that's why the Pasuk continues and it says, because not only if a person does, is not doing return Shalmachan, and he, and he does his work and he comes to Shabbos, so he's a form of doing Shabbos, he's not doing Malacha. But there's no Kedusha Shabbos that's involved in the Kedusha Shabbos. Where if he's a Bizman Shabbos and return to Shalmachim, so besides the fact that you're not doing Malacha, you have the aspect of Kedusha Lashem. That Shabbos becomes Kedusha Lashem. And that's why it could be, if you look at the Psukim, in this Pasuk over here, where, where we bring down the Malacha of Shabbos, it says a double lotion of Shabbos. It says Shabbos Shabbosan. Whereas in Parshish Yisrael, it just says one Shabbos. So Shabbos Shabbosan is because you, you have the regular Shabbos of not doing Malacha. And then you have a Shabbos and you have the added as- aspect of the Kedusha Shabbos. So even though we are people that do Malacha, but the Ksav Soifa says that if you look at the Shabbos that was in the Midbar, the Shabbos that they served in the Midbar, there there was no Malacha. Right? They had the Mon, they had everything coming down to them. And it says in the Pasuk, Shabbos, that we find the special thing by Shabbos, that Shabbos was L'Doroisim for future generations. We don't find this by any other mitzvah, this concept of L'Doroisim. So the Ksav Soifer explains and he says that just like that Shabbos, when Shabbos was given, it was given at a time when they were not doing Malacha. They didn't need the Malacha and they were able to focus strictly on the Kedusha of Shabbos and put their focus into the Kedusha. That's the way we should try and strive for the aspect of Shabbos. That even in future generations where we are I mean, we're supposed to work at this time. Even if we're always in return to Shalmachim, we're supposed to go ahead and work. 
But we should strive for this one, that it should be the same way that it was in the Midbar. And that aspect of Kedusha Shabbos, where they didn't have to worry about it quick, and they were able to focus on this other aspect of Shabbos, of the Kedusha Shabbos, that's the way the Shabbos should always be. That's the idea. The idea is that if we come into Shabbos, ready for Shabbos, and we're able to focus on the Kedusha, then if we're able to take out the Kedusha, then according to each one person aspect, how he comes into Shabbos and how he performs in Shabbos, then the schar and you, what you'll get out of Shabbos will be that much, will be that much greater. We find now the parsha of the eagle comes the parsha of the eagle, and everyone, all the mafarshim discuss what happened by the eagle. They went, oh, they got the mantayra. All of a sudden, right away, they fall to the chet the eagle. I saw a ma'aser from what happened with Rabbi Yerucham Levavitz, and he says that someone came over to him and was talking to him about how could it be, and he was giving him pshatim, and what about the eagle? And he was like comparing it to El Yainim, The eagle was this, and the eagle was that. And Rabbi Yerucham says, I. I hold that the eagle was an eagle of Poshet. Why? Because we know that there was a certain time when Klai Yisrael couldn't handle the Yetzirah of the Avodah Zara, so they, they were in the spell that they should take away the Avodah of the, Avodah, the Yetzirah. So therefore, when we look at this parasha, we look and we say, Klai Yisrael, they were at the door there, they were at the highest level, how could it be that they did Avodah Zara? We look at it like it's very strange to us. So therefore, we have to come on to all the Pshatim. But if we understand that at that time there was the Yetzirah for Avodah Zarah, so there was the Yetzirah of Avodah Zarah. So he says we could read the Parsha of Chet Egel, and we'll come up with Pshatim, we'll have a strange way, we'll, we'll look at it strange, like what, what's the Pshat, and we'll come up with Pshatim. But when we read the Parsha of Zimri, so that we understand, you know, we don't think it's crazy. We don't have to come up with the new Bahalach necessarily. Because we, don't, because we still have the Yetzirah, the Yetzirah Darius we still have, but the Yetzirah of Avodah Zarah we don't have. So there they had the Yetzirah of Avodah Zarah. So I hope that it was a regular eagle and there was the Yetzirah of Avodah Zarah. But most before like that, like that, and the Beis HaLevi famously says that the idea over here behind the Chet eagle was what, they made one mistake. That just like we find, he says, just like we find by the Mishkan. So we know when a person builds a Mishkan, so obviously you're not just building a Mishkan. You're building a Mishkan, which there should be Ashura Sashkina. And therefore, everything has to be in its proper place. This one has to go here, this one has to go there, and has, there's a, a lot of um, things that are, we don't understand that affect the way the world is run, or felt Shemayim, affect Shemayim, how each thing is built and how each thing is done. But we don't understand it. So the mistake was they felt that it's not so, that they could, if they don't have a Mishkan, they have someone who's able to build a Mishkan. So once they go ahead and they build a Mishkan, they'll be able to reach these levels or these, these things that are necessary for Ashura Sashchina on their own. And they'll be able to build it just like by a Mishkan. They'll understand if someone knows exactly, if you take someone who knows exactly where each, uh, each uh, carriage should go, each Adon should go, so he'll be able to poilize the same thing. So they felt for the Egel, until now Moshe Rabbeinu was the conduit, he was the one in between that brought down the Hashorah Sashrina. So now when they thought that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't coming back anymore, so they ran to Aaron, they figured Aaron has the know-how, he has the ability to go ahead and bring down the Hashorah Sashrina. So that's why they came to Aaron. It wasn't coming necessarily, says the Beis HaLevi, to do Havay Dezar. They were looking for the Hashorah Sashrina, and they were looking for the Hashorah Sashrina, so they figured the same way we, we just don't have the know-how. We don't have Moshe Rabbeinu to perform it for us. But let's go to Aaron, and he'll be able to put in all the kaychas, and Mamela will be able to do it. And the mistake was, says the Beis HaLevi, the mistake was that these things that are poyolois, and the things that we do down here, are able to affect things, and they have different deep things going into each action that's done, and each action that's created. That's only if it's kasher tziva Hashem is Moshe. It's only because Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, commanded you to do it. But with the, by the Mishkan, 
he says in Parshas Pekudeh, if you look in Parshas Pekudeh, you'll see every aspect of the Mishkan, it says, Kashatziva Hashem is Moshe, Kashatziva Hashem, over and over again, it says the same concept of Kashatziva Hashem, because that's the focus, when it's Kashatziva Hashem is Moshe, then you're able to poyolois. So therefore, by the eagle, that was their mistake, they felt that they were able to poyolois without the Kashatziva Hashem, and that, and that was their mistake, because if you look at the Pesach, he says, when Moshe Rabbeinu was Mispalo, for Klai Yisrael, Moshe told Klai Yisrael, or Amcha ki Amcha Hagoy Hazeh. They're still your people. They were never against your people. They were always your people. They always wanted the Hashorah Sashkina. They didn't come from, they were Kaifer. They always wanted it. They were missing this aspect of Kashat Hashem is Moshe. So the idea is that with all the things that we do, all the mitzvahs that we do, they always have to be the focus on Kashat Hashem is Moshe. I have a friend of mine, I don't know if I once said this story, but he was someone that took a Kabbalah on himself that he was always going to daven with a minion. And for years he was davening with a minion. And he was uh, in an out-of-town place going to a friend's wedding, and they really needed him at the wedding. I forgot the exact details, but the plane got stuck, and he had an option of going to catch the minion, davening with a minion, or he would miss the icker part of the simcha that he was going to. And here he felt like he was, uh, you know, many, many years, he hasn't missed a minion, he was moist and effish for a minion, and now he has to give it up. What should he do? So he called Reb Chaim Epstein, and he asked Reb Chaim Epstein, so what should he do? So Reb Chaim Epstein says, do you think that it's a competition? Do you think that life is a competition? You think that there's like a game going on and you have to have how many could you get in a row? That's not the idea. The idea is Hashem. Hashem wants you to be at this wedding. So there's no Indian of davening a mincha. There's no concept of davening with a minion at this point when you're supposed to be somebody else. But the idea is that with every action that we do, we have to do Moshe. I just recently saw another Moshe that Moshe Feinstein was at a wedding. And someone came over to him and says, you know, I'm not so sure that the bread that you're eating is yoshon. And he was very mocked on yoshon. And Ramesha completely ignored him and he just kept on eating. And afterwards they came over to Ramesha and they said, what, what, what was the pshat? What, what happened? He says, yoshon is a sex that you could be, rely on a bach, that there, you could be saimach. But if I wouldn't eat this bread by this chasen, nobody's going to eat by this chasen. It'll stir the whole simcha of, of the thing. All of a sudden people will stop eating. See, when Moshe Feinstein stops eating, everyone's going to stop eating. It's going to stare the simcha. So in such a case, the idea of what Hashem wants me to do is to eat. And I could be saimach. In this case, in this case, I could be saimach on the, on the svek of, of the Bach. When they came down, so Moshe Rabbeinu went out, well, came down to, from Shemaim HaKadosh Baruch, who told him that, look what happened. Look at how far they fall and go down and quickly see what's going on. And when he came down, so Moshe, uh, Yeshua was, was, was there by the mountain. And, Moshe, and Yeshua told him, Yeshua wasn't there. He was waiting at the mountain. He, he never left the mountain. He was waiting for Moshe to come down. So it says, Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, Yeshua told Moshe Rabbeinu, and he said, Kol I hear the sounds of war that is going into the machana. So Moshe Rabbeinu turned to Yeshua and he says, no, 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 in kol anois chalusha, ve'en kol anois kvura, kol anois anichi shemei. I don't hear the sound of victory, I don't hear the sound of weakness, kol anois, like a depression, I hear. And the Mepharshim, I mean, the, the Gemara, the Chazal, teach us that this was one of the two aspects where Moshe Rabbeinu got angry at Yeshua Benu. And the reason seems to be is like this, that if, you, if for a monarch of Klai Yisrael, when someone presents him with a question, he has to look deeper and see where the question is coming from. So Yeshua Benun comes and he says, Kol Muhammad, I hear voices, I hear Ka Yisrael, I, I understand what they're doing. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, if you're going to be a manik, 
right? So it's in kol anoyis chalut. You have to realize where the call is coming from. What is exactly the person want? What's behind the question? Sometimes you'll have a person will ask a question, and he means to act, ask a totally, totally different question. And he means it's a, like a rav will t- often tell you that somebody will come over to him and say, "My friend has a question like this," and really he knows that he wants to get the question. You have to f- figure out what's behind the deeper question, and you have to figure out. I, I would like to say over oh, the story. It's not exactly this point, but it's a good story. The, <laughs> my father told me this mice. I hope I didn't say this mice once, but. There was a fellow that the family that ever couldn't have any, any children. Did I say this once? No. A fellow that couldn't have any children. And they were going through a lot of treatments and a lot of this and that, back and forth. It took them a lot of effort and a lot of thinking. And they finally found one doctor that told them, I have an Aitza for you. Meet me at this and this time, and, and I'll give you an Aitza. So they go and they meet this doctor, and he gives them an Aitza. And he says, the time for having children, and he tells them a date is this and this date. And if you do it at this and this date, then every, if the Tashmish is on this and this date, then everything, that, that's your chance to work. That's your one chance to, to make it happen. And when they looked up in the calendar, they saw that it was Yom Kippur. The date happened to come out on Yom Kippur. So they came to Rebel Yashiv, and they presented him to Shaila. And Rebel Yashiv says, I'm not sure what you want. You know, Shulchanar says, Yom Kippur, also, but Tashmish Amita, there's nothing I can do. But go to this and this rabbi. I forgot which rabbi my father. Don't go to the, such a rabbi. Not Diane Fisher. It was a rabbi. Go to a, a, such and such a rabbi. Maybe my father. This is my father. But uh, go to such and such a rabbi. And he's a klugamensh. Okay? I mean, what does that mean? I mean, it's an often halacha. What do you want? Okay. But Blasher tells him to go. So they go ahead and they, and they go. So they come to the rabbi and they present him to Shaila. And he says to them, no. So what did, what did Rabbi Yashif say? Rabbi Yashif said, it's also, what can he do? There's nothing that he could do. So he said, so what do you want from me? He says, I don't know, Rabbi Yashif told us to come to your Klugamensh. So he starts thinking for a second, and he reaches into his drawer, and he pulls out $10,000, and he says, go buy yourself two tickets to Australia. Because if you buy yourself two tickets to Australia, there the Zman is the day before Yom Kippur. The Zman that they need is the day before Yom Kippur. So I, I happen to think that Rabbi Yashiv knew this answer. He just didn't have the $10,000. But, but the idea is that when the, the, the Shiloh was presented, he focused on what's behind it. And he start, if you're focused on what the person is coming from and where he's coming from, then you're able to come up with eights to help them, even though that wasn't the Shiloh that was, that, was, that was presented to them. So that's the idea. That, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling Yeshua. You have to know this. You have to know when you hear the call, where exactly is the call coming from. When it, so HaKadosh Baruch told Moshe that Klai Yisrael did the Egel, so he told him to go down. And then it says, when he came down to the Egel, then he broke the Luchas. And all the Mepharshim asked, what do you mean, HaKadosh Baruch already told Moshe Rabbeinu what happened. So he knew already what happened. So if he was going to break the Luchas, he should have broken the Luchas earlier. Why did he wait now when he saw the Luchas? I saw from Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, he says that if you look at the Pesach, the Pesach says, Vayashlech miyodai, but we read it, Vayashlech miyodai, from both hands. So Moshe Rabbeinu, while he was in Shemayim, felt that Klai Yisrael was over on the first part of the Luchas. Lo Anochi that he was over. But maybe the second Luchas, I'll be able to keep, because that's Ben Adam Lamokha. And on the way down, right, that's what he originally thought. But on the way down, he realized that the Ben Adam Lamokhaim is Mitzurif together with the Ben Adam Lamokhaim. There's no such thing, I could keep Ben Adam Lamokhaim, but not keep the Ben Adam Lamokhaim. It's all, it's all one Luchas. So when he got down, he was machriya that that's the pshat that they're both together, and therefore he broke 
both of the, of, of the luchos. Maybe in the same vein, you could say a little bit different, that, that the supporter actually says that when he came down, it says, he saw them dancing. So he said, if they did have a desara, that I could go ahead and maybe I could pull away something. But, and therefore he held on to the luchos because maybe he was still able to hold on to it. But when he says, when he saw them dancing, he saw the enjoyment that they have in it, so once they're enjoying it, says the supporter, that already, that's too much, and therefore that's why he broke the luchos. But on this, if you look in the Pasuk, the Pasuk says that it could be in the same vein as Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. He, when he was bringing it down, it was Ben Adam Lamakam. When, as long as a person has some shaykhist to something, has some kesha to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in this case, maybe they still had a kesha to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the Ben Adam L'chaver. In other words, it could be the opposite, that the Ben Adam L'chaver is makasha them with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then he didn't want to break the luchas. But when he came down and he saw Vayakumu Litzachek, which Rashi says there was Shrikas Damim and things, so they saw that they didn't have anything of Kesher, both there was no Kesher at all connected, so then he broke the, broke the Luchas. So it could be that he held on to it because there was Taka, but there is some form of Kesher of Ben Adam Lechaver that they kept Api Chukei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and when he saw Vayakumu Litzachek that they were involved in Shrikas Damim, so then he went ahead and he said, that's it, there's no connection to the Luchas. I saw a story from a Chabina Rav. That somebody was, I think he was going to the army and he was going off. And the father of this boy wanted him to go to the Chapina Rov beforehand. He says, okay, I'll go to the Chapina Rov. And the Chapina Rov was talking to him and he wasn't getting anywhere. It wasn't happening. The guy was going off and he was going to the army and he was going off. So the Chapina Rov told him, he says, listen, do me one favor. In Chapina, we have a minute that on Friday morning we don't say Tachman. I want you to be makabal on yourself on Friday mornings. Don't say tachnit. So he says, okay, I'm makabal on myself not to say tachnit. So he comes to the army, and it comes Friday morning, and he said, so he thinks to himself, how could I say, how could I not say tachnit if I'm not davening chakras? And I'm not not saying tachnit. I'm not davening. So I figured I have to daven. Right? So he davened Friday. Friday morning he davened, and then he didn't say tachnit. And then he started thinking to himself that, if I daven Friday, if I don't daven the rest of the week, so I'm, I'm also doing the same thing. I'm not, not saying tacha. I have to daven the whole week. And then on Friday, when I daven, if I daven the rest of the week with tachnun, so then on Friday, I'm not davening with tachnun. And it kept snowballing until he ended up coming back to, to the fold, so to speak. And they asked him what happened. The father was very excited. He said, this is what happened. I was macabre on myself. I kept one thing this, and I was determined to keep what the tribunal says, and I yudayed this one Kabbalah, it steamrolled and it rolled on, and eventually I hit. So that's the idea. As long as there's some type of Kesher, so then maybe there's a, there's a way to do it. But once he saw that they were not involved with Ben Adam so then already he was. Okay, let's, let's, let's stop here. Okay.